So on the heels of that last song, you know, to God our heart runs, I want to say that as I kind of just listen to people talk, as I'm around people, I kind of think that we don't expect to be content. We don't expect to be joyful. We don't expect, you know, our heart to have, to get to the thing that we're running toward these days. I mean, not right now. We, we, we think someday it will, but not right now. Right now, the way a lot of people that I'm around talk, it's, it's like joy and contentment and these things, they're pushed out into some, some future. They're certainly not for today. Uh, someday that'll all happen. Someday when I make more money. Um, someday when I start my own business. Uh, someday when the business I started takes off. Uh, someday when I finally finish this degree. Uh, someday when the kids are out of diapers. Someday when the kids go off to school. Someday when the kids are driving. Someday when the kids move out. Uh, someday. Then we'll have joy and contentment. And so we hurry time along, uh, hoping that tomorrow there might be joy and contentment. We also push off a rich relationship with God into that future. It's not something I really have time for now, but someday I'll get to it. Someday I'll read my Bible. Someday I'll go on one of those men's retreats or women's retreats or go on a prayer retreat with Pastor Dan. Someday I'm going to do that. Someday I'll share my faith with my neighbor or my coworker. Uh, someday I'm going to be a generous and charitable person. Not right now, but someday. And someday I'm going to do something good. Just you wait. But for now, for now, I have to put all that off. All I can do right now is gather resources and prepare so that someday I can have the joy and contentment. For now, I got to put all that off to toil. And to toil for what? More. Just, just a little bit more. For any of us who relate to that story, Jesus has a story for us comes in the gospel of Luke in chapter 12. He says, beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Then he told them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. And he said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, I know I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and I'll say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, you'll die this very night. And then who will get everything you worked for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth and not have a rich relationship toward God. Uh, I made the mistake of referring to myself as middle-aged a while back, and my son said, really, you're going to make it to 96? <laughs> All right. So a little past, a little past. Uh, I, I can tell you this is how it goes. You make more money as you go, but things just cost more. And all the things you bought preparing for that someday, 
They don't last either. They wear out. They need replacing. They get broken. They just become obsolete. You start your own business and it takes off, but things change. Sometimes you have to close it down. You finish your degree and then decide you don't want to do that for the rest of your life. Diapers turn into school activities, turn into braces, turn into tuition. And I'm told, turn into grandkids. So (laughs) as your kids gain the ability to take care of themselves, your parents lose that ability. And not to mention all of our own health thrown into that mix. Every one of us is mortal and the clock is ticking down. And someday quickly transforms into never, which transforms into yesterday, wishing I appreciated how good I had it. Back when I was in college, back when the kids were small, back when I worked at a small place, back when I had simple prayers to pray for, back when I still had a few good friends. If you really want to do something good, if you really want to seek joy and contentment, you and I best get started right now. Not someday. Right now. Here in this moment. Sitting and standing where you and I are sitting and standing. And that joy and contentment has nothing to do with money. Jesus said, uh, life is not measured by what you own. We've got to accumulate a different kind of wealth than that. What is the great wealth of life? Uh, It is uh, in the word of God, Paul wrote uh, to Timothy this. True godliness, with a lisp, True godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. There it is. True godliness with contentment is the great wealth. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world, and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. If we have enough food and we have enough clothing, if we have what we need, then let us be content. That is the great wealth of life. So this is a series all about being free from fear around finances, financial fear. In my experience, when it comes to the area of finances, and it's a big area of life, uh, God does kind of three things. Uh, Sometimes he provides an income that you weren't expecting. Um, He causes things to grow beyond what you imagined possible. God provides. That's what last week was about. Sometimes God works the other side of the ledger. He brings us deals. He brings us gifts we weren't expecting. He even causes the thing we needed. He causes the need for it to just suddenly evaporate so it doesn't matter anymore. God provides. Again, that was what last week was about. But this week is about what I believe is God's biggest miracle of all. And that is when he changes us on the inside such that we have joy and contentment right where we are, whether he's provided that someday or not. True godliness with contentment. When we have true godliness with contentment, we just take life a different way. And it's a gift from God to have the thoughts and the heart that can see it that way. So when you have true godliness with contentment and you're a new parent, 
Yes, diapers are expensive, but have perspective. Sleeping babies are precious. They're precious, and that is a stage of life that doesn't last long enough. So take it in. And there is an opportunity to grow and have a rich relationship with God when you're a young parent that doesn't come along again. You can, to, to sit in a living room and have a Bible study with other parents while the kids roll around in a pack and play, that's a luxury that goes away. The kids won't always be confined to a pack and play. And those kids may not grow up to be friends with each other the way you're friends with their parents. We all hope for that. That's not always how it all turns out. And so this opportunity you have to grow with other people who are in the same stage of life as you is something to be cherished and taken a hold of. Godliness with contentment. With godliness and contentment, you're starting a new business and starting your own business, it is scary. Being in charge is a huge responsibility. It is a whole hat full of worries, no doubt, no doubt. But perspective. This was your dream. And the worst day working for yourself is better than almost all the days of working for somebody else. When there's a problem, you have the authority to identify it and start on a solution and you don't have to talk anybody else into noticing it and addressing it and doing the right thing about it. And there is an opportunity and a richness to seek God when you're the boss because you can take off if you want to take off. And you can go on a prayer retreat with Pastor Dan. And you can pray a prayer that every businesswoman and businessman who's a Christian has an opportunity to pray. And that is, Lord, make me a boss for you. Help me to see customers as children of God. Help me to see employees as children of God. Help me to build this the way you would build it if you were in charge. And wouldn't that bring the kingdom of God if everyone who owned a business was praying a prayer like that? It's an opportunity to be seized and cherished. Godliness with contentment. If you're broke and in school, those two train cars seem almost uh, irrevocably hitched together. You're in school and you're broke. That's scary. But perspective. Some people fought for thousands of years to live in a society where people could learn and be educated and the majority of the world would still climb over broken glass and through fire to get where you are, the opportunity to be in school. And so cherish it. And there's an opportunity to grow in Christ that won't come again. The time you have and the closeness you have when you're a student to explore ideas and talk about ideas and everyone's as broke as you are, so you're all really desperate to learn about the Lord or anybody who might offer to take care of us, uh, to, to share faith because there's an openness at that stage of life that, that closes after. Um, the, the time you have to build rich relationships and really put the time in, that's not going to come around again. So have true godliness and contentment right where you are. You know, contentment doesn't mean you don't have desires. Contentment doesn't mean you don't have drive. Contentment doesn't mean you don't have dreams. Don't think that contentment is settling. I'm settling. That's not what contentment is. Contentment is living even amid drive and desires and dreams. Living in that there without lust 
for those dreams, anger when those dreams don't happen, envy when those dreams happen for other people, but not you. Contentment is being able to have drive and desire and dreams without lust and anger and envy. To be at peace, even when you're waiting for God to provide, and even if God doesn't provide that. I mean, maybe those kids that you're investing so much in raising, they don't launch out and take over the world like you hoped they would. Maybe the business you started, that one, doesn't succeed. Maybe you don't get to finish that degree. But you can still live in contentment if these scriptures are what you were really about. And the prayers you prayed. And the relationships among brothers and sisters in Christ and the church that you built. And the relationship you have with God. If that's really what you're centered in and that's really what you're all about, then that's what will carry you. Whether all the other things exactly happen or not. In any circumstance, that those are the things that can have you laying in your bed at night. Laying peaceful on your pillow and praying, Lord, not everything today or this season went the way I wanted. But I thank you all the same because I am at peace. I trust you. You are there for me. You are enough for me. And I am content. To get to the place where you can receive where you are in life that way, where you can think that way and feel that way, we're all going to need a heart surgery and a brain surgery. The heart surgery, the Bible calls giving us a new heart. The brain surgery, the, the, brain surgery the Bible calls the renewing of their mind. And the word of God can give us the new heart and the renewing of our mind. We need to go into the word of God if we're going to become people of contentment. So that is the uh, diagnosis, and here's the prescription. Um, as you came in, there were these scriptures, uh, four weeks of God's financial wisdom. If you didn't pick one up on your way in, pick it up on your way out. And for the next four weeks, every day, there's a scripture. They're short. And what I'm suggesting is that you read the scripture and then just take 10 minutes to think about it, to pray about it. If you're doing it by yourself, if you're doing it with friends, can discuss it. If you're doing it with family, you can discuss it. My daughter's away at college, but I was just uh, uh, talking to her last night, and you know, college broke. She's more interested in what God has to say in finances than she ever has at any point in her life previous. I said, why don't we do these scriptures? I'll call you every night at 10 for the next month. We'll do 10 minutes at 10. She said, that sounds great. So I got to go home today, and when I walk in the house, say, Alexa, set a reminder for every night at 9.50. 10 at 10, so I won't forget. So tonight, Sunday, you'll be doing Proverbs 22, 2. It says, the rich and the poor have this in common. The Lord made them both. That'd be something to think about. It's not a crime against humanity that I'm rich, or it's not a sign of God's judgment that I'm poor. There are rich people and there are poor people. And there always have been and there always will be. And they're all, we're all children of God. Start from there. What a great place to start on a journey toward contentment. By Friday, you'll be reading Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. It says, don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have. 
For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. And talk about it. That's weird. Why does it say, be happy with what you have and couple that with God's promise not to fail us or abandon us? Maybe I'm using money for security. Maybe the reason I want it so bad is because I feel like something will happen to me. But if I really believed God would never fail me and never abandon me, then I wouldn't need to take care of myself. And I could be more content if I knew that his promise was true, that he's going to take care of me. That would be a great discussion to have. These scriptures will have you all over the Bible. They'll have you Old Testament, New Testament. They'll have you in Proverbs. They'll have you in Apostles' letters. They'll have you in words of Jesus. So let us do this for the next month uh, together. And let God change our heart, change our mind. Invite us, invite him to do that greatest work he does where he changes into a person who is able to be content and who knows that he is enough for us. Let us pray. Lord, we invite you now. Give us a new heart and renew our mind that we can separate what's important and unimportant in this world. We can know, Lord, that our relationship with you is really the only thing we'll take with us. Uh, Lord, we have been talking about fear and finances, and we pray that you would replace, replace that with trust and peace and contentment. It is the name of Christ Jesus, we pray, who taught us these things. Amen.